to see you this morning. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you thanks today. I thank you, Lord, that without you, without the Holy Spirit, we are reduced to zero, Father. And we know that. We recognize that. So I'm asking you, Lord, today, Holy Spirit, rise up big. Rise up big in us today. Speak through us. Speak to us. Reveal yourself to us in a greater measure today. By faith, we take it now. All that you have for us today, Lord. You have great things in store for us this day, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you remember Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 6, uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he's, one of the phrases that he mentioned there, he said, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Praise God. When Israel was in the wilderness, you remember that God had given them manna and they were to gather it every single morning. Okay? And there was always, there was always more than enough for their families. Praise God. And when he says, give us this day our daily bread, that's not just talking physically. That is part of it. But I believe it's all inclusive. And I believe that today God wants us to give us daily bread from his word. Amen? In this service here this morning. Bread from heaven that will sustain us. Amen? Amen? Glory be to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, last, last Sunday I began to do, um, and I, every time I do a series I say this is the most exciting series I've ever taught on because I believe it is. <laughs> but it's just, it's always a fresh word that God breathes into my spirit. And you have to understand that when it comes to speaking in, in a church like this, you know, that I pr- primarily teach in series But, you know, there's so many millions of different subjects that you could teach on. You know that. But what we want is the word spoken in due season. It's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. We want to, I want a fresh word for the moment, what God has for us. And I believe this is one of those things here. And we're talking about the the subject or the title, if you will, if you're writing notes down, is called Unlimited Possibilities in Christ. Unlimited Possibilities in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, we'll start there, read down through verse 22. It says, For in this life only, if we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Boys, that's the truth, isn't it? But now in Christ, now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam... We all die, even so those in Christ shall be made alive. Now jump down to verse 45, the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, and it says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam, who's that? Jesus. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now, you'll see in these scriptures that we had just read right here, and I made mention of this last week. I'll review just a little bit. Although from Genesis to Revelation, there are hundreds, yea, thousands of names and people that are all through the Bible, some more significant than others. There's tons of names. Amen. Yet the Bible really, when it comes right down to it, is only about two people, Adam and Jesus. There's the first Adam, and Jesus is called the last Adam. Now, why is that? Because both of these men made choices and made decisions 
that impacted the whole entire human race. Not just themselves, but entire, it impacted the entire human race. Praise the Lord. Both of these men made choice. One was of obedience, Jesus. One was of disobedience, Adam. Amen? And Adam's sin literally contaminated the whole entire human race. Amen? I made mention of the fact I was doing a funeral recently for, for someone's relative in the church, you know, and I, we had like an altar call at the end of the service. And I said this, I said, you know, uh, uh, the whole human race is infected by, by a serious disease. And you can tell everybody's looking at me like, what? You know, I said, that disease is called sin. And I said, there's one person that literally contaminated the entire human race. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, he didn't create the whole human race at one time, did he? He could, have, he could have created everybody at the same time, but he created two people, and he gave those two people the authority and the responsibility to, to multiply and increase the earth. But the problem was that Adam and Eve conceived after they had sinned, Okay? And their first two sons, Abel and Cain, remember that? And Cain, because of jealousy, rose up and killed his brother Abel. And the Bible says his blood cried from the earth. Okay? And so the sin nature, the sin destructive nature was passed on from Adam to the entire human race. Amen? Now... It's kind of like this, you know, it doesn't seem fair because I heard people say it like this. They say, well, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to put my hands on Adam and say, look at the trouble you caused us here. All these thousands of years and the trouble you gave us here. Here's the issue, and I really believe this with all my heart, that any one of us, if we were Adam, we would have made this same exact choice. We can't blame him because we came out of him. Now, the thing is, their, their choice, their disobedience, and I'll see this in a second in another scripture in Romans, their, their, his decision, Adam's choice and his decision not only affected him, it affected his offspring. Okay? And it's kind of like this, and I use the illustration that when your mother was pregnant and you were in the womb, all right, you had no choice of which state you were going to be born or what country you were going to be born in. If your parents moved from Pennsylvania to Los Angeles, their choice affected the state in which you were born into. Does that make sense? You had no choice because you were inside of them. And so it is when we, are in, we all came out of Adam. All of us came out of Adam because of his disobedience. The entire human race was affected by his choice and his decision. Now, go over to Romans chapter 5 for a minute here. I want you to see this here. We're going to see this phrase, you know, about the first Adam, the second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Both of these men made choices that impacted the entire human race. One for disobedience, one for obedience. Praise the Lord. And it says in Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, who would that be? Adam. For by one man's offense, Death reigned by one, 
Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one who? Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. All right? Now, Adam and Eve, let me use this example. They were the prototypes, okay? When God created them, He gave them the responsibility and the authority to duplicate themselves in the earth. Okay? Now, how many of you here have ever picked up one of our CDs? Okay? Let's use this example right here. Let's just say this is Adam. This is the master copy. Okay? The first Adam. All right? Now, one thing about CDs, I've learned a little bit about them. Well, now, we used to have cassette tapes. Now, every time that you record a cassette tape, it's a little bit slightly lower grade than the original master until they come out with digital. It's an exact image of when we tape this service and we take it home and put it in that machine. It makes, I think, 12 copies at one time, CDs, you know. Bought that machine years ago. Thank God for it, you know. We've, we've printed thousands and thousands of CDs through that thing, you know, just to get the Word of God out. But see, that master copy, Adam, determines exactly what's going to go on the slaves. Now, when you put the other CDs in or blank, we call them slaves, Okay. And you put those in, and the mat, when you press that button, and it, it, it downloads it onto the rest of the CD. Does that make sense? And whatever is on that master is then duplicated on the rest of the CDs. Now, Adam was the first CD. See that in Adam? All right? And uh, when God made him, his choice literally made duplicates of himself throughout the whole earth. That's why we need the new birth. Are you with me? But then here comes a man by the name of Jesus in Christ. Both of these men impacted and influenced the entire human race. Now, we're either, I heard it said this word, we're either in Christ or we're in crisis. (laughs) And that's true because outside of Jesus, we are a crisis going somewhere to happen. Amen? Now, you're not half in Adam and half in Christ. You're not half saved and half damned. When you came into Christ, you were engrafted. You came out of Adam. And you came into Christ. Now, what's on this master is now going to be duplicated in your spirit. And that's why when, when in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, because he was basically chicken of the, 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 the hierarchy, and he snuck in by night to get to Jesus. He said, he's trying to impress him. You know, he gets in there. He says, there's no way that you can do these things except God be with you. And it's like Jesus just cut to the chase. And he said, Nicodemus, it's like he didn't even hear what he said. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Remember that? It's almost like he didn't hear his first, but he was getting, getting right to the heart of the issue. And Nicodemus, thinking naturally, said, you know, how can I go back into my mother's womb? Got a full beard and everything. How can I go right back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, you missed the point. He said, that's a natural birth. I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. Right? You have to, no man can see the kingdom of God, he said, except you be born again. 
because our first birth came out of Adam. Now, I, I get amused sometimes because sometimes you see bumper stickers, and some of them kind of make you mad. And one, one bumper sticker that's a mockery to the new birth says this, I was born okay the first time. Has anybody ever seen that bumper sticker? I was born. The other one I don't like is coexist. That one, that's like, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Trying to put everything in the same package. The Muslims and all the air, everything. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same thing. And it says, uh, it's, the bumper sticker says, I was born okay the first time. In other words, they're making a mockery. It said, you don't need to be born again. Well, Jesus said you do. Amen. He said you got to be born again. Now, that's the second birth, the new birth. Glory to God. And when you were born again, you came out of Adam into Christ, and now you have new genes, new blood, new everything. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. You are now in Christ, and what's in Christ is now on the inside of us. And we, like we said, uh, when a baby, use the illustration, is inside a mother... That baby has no choice of what it's going to eat, where it's going to go, because the mother, at that point, determines everything that baby's going to eat. If that mother has a steak dinner that night, in a broken down form, later that day, that baby will eat steak. Okay? And now, if that mother decides to go on a little trip somewhere, you know, go a couple of states away, that baby, because it's inside of the mother, goes exactly where the mother goes. So that mother literally, that mom is sustaining. A little cold in here, Josh. That mother is sustaining that child. Likewise, we are in Christ. We are in Christ. And whatever is in Christ, whatever Christ has affects those who are in Christ. Amen? Does that make sense? Well, if it doesn't make sense, it makes faith. Amen? Now, you know the scripture, and I'm just going to quote it because of time, in 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, as I say in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and everything has become brand new. Now, uh, how many of you remember when... You received Jesus. You remember there's a particular time. And some of it's a little vague with people. And it was sort of a time. But how many of you here, you remember there was a certain day that you received Christ? You remember that? All right. That, at that point, I remember vividly when it happened to me as a teenager, that my physical appearance didn't change at all. You know what I'm saying? I still had blonde hair, blue eyes, so forth. You know, I didn't physically, I didn't look any different. But yet there was something drastically drastically something that changed on the inside of me. I became a new creature. Now, I didn't understand that. I, never, I didn't have teaching. I didn't know the scriptures about that. But yet, I knew that something changed dra- dramatically on the inside of me. And the Bible even says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Amen? Doesn't First John say that? And I noticed this. There was a love that came on the inside of me for people that I didn't have before. Because you understand, when you're a young child like most of you were at one time, amen, uh, there's people that wronged you. 
people that did things to you that weren't pretty, weren't nice. The only reason they did it is because they're acting just like their father, the devil. Jesus even said that to the religious leaders in John chapter 8. To the Pharisees, listen to this, the most religious people of his day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. He told them, he said, you're of your father, the devil. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just overturned the apple cart. He goes, you're of your father, the devil, and, and it's his lust that you will obey. Now, he's addressed, he even called them a bunch of whitewashed tombs. <laughs> These are the religious people. With all the degrees, as long as their name is their arm. You know what I'm saying? All the PhDs and HHDs and all these different things. And, you know, and Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. Now, he wasn't just being mean to them or being mean-spirited. He was telling them the truth. Because they were leaning. Jesus got on the hypocrites because that's what led other people into hell. Amen. And uh, that's why he's against hypocrisy, because it leads other people astray. Jesus said, if the blind lead the, the blind, they both fall into a ditch. And God knows how many people through the years have been led astray by the wrong spirit, wrong teaching people that aren't even born again. And so uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, there's another translation that says, if any man be in Christ, he is a brand new species of being. Glory to God. Now, when you came, all of us came out of Adam. If you go back upstream where it all started, all of us came, our roots came out of Adam. All of it, the whole entire human race came out of him. So we were contaminated. That's why we needed a second birth. And when we received Jesus, we came out of Adam into Christ. And everything in our spirit now is, a, is born again, washed Wall-to-wall -wall Holy Spirit. That's the best way I've heard it described before. And everything that, just like the baby that's in that mother, everything that Christ gets, we get. Now, it's like, I've heard teaching. Here's the interesting thing. I've heard teaching along this line for many years. I'm talking 35-plus years on in Christ. I've, I remember 30-some years ago when they were teaching on in Christ and so forth. And, you know, sometimes you hear something, but then other times you hear something. You're, you know, it's like revelations. It's like, you know, I've heard that before, but something clicked this time when I heard it. It's like, and that's what's been going on with me and my spirit about this particular subject in Christ. Because when you're in Christ, there is no sickness or disease. When you're in Christ, there's no poverty or lack. When you're in Christ, there's no oppression or depression. How many of you are in Christ now? If you're in Christ, then you are in Christ, and everything that He has belongs to you. And now, so we brought out this phrase. There's a couple of phrases in the New Testament. And I'm just in review here. Go to Colossians chapter 3 for a minute here. Go Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We made mention of the fact last week that when you were born again, you didn't just get forgiveness of sins. That's part of it. That's important. Very important. But the Bible says you became a new creature. So God, the Bible says, Jesus, if a man will love me, he says, my father and I, will, we're going to come and make our abode, in other words, our home on the inside of you. <laughs> so when I, when, I, when I was born again, 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit packed up and moved on the inside of me, just like they moved on the inside of you. Now, don't try to figure that out mentally. Just receive it by faith. Amen. But in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, say with Christ. That's a preposition, right? If you be risen with Christ, that's your position. Seek those things that are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, right hand of, of God. All right? Set your affection. Now, this is an admonition to believers. Set your affection. In other words, your attention, your mindset. Set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. You know, sometimes it's... Not with everybody, but with sometimes with other believers. It's hard to talk about the Word of God. Sometimes talking the Word of God with other Christians make the, makes them nervous. Do you ever notice that? How about those Steelers? People would rather talk about that kind of stuff. Now I'm a Steeler fan like everybody else. Praise God. But you know, that's not eternal. That's not being eternally minded. And sometimes, you know, you kind of have to, like, go where people are at, you know. And, and I'm not to say, we're not saying that we're better than anybody else. That is not what we're saying. But sometimes we become so naturally minded, even with believers, that, that when it comes to talking about the Word of God and the things of God, we kind of shut that off. But the Bible says right here, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. Now look at verse 3. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, notice that phrase, your life is hid with Christ in God. That baby is hidden in the mother. Are you see? You are hid with Christ in God. You are in Christ. Hallelujah. You are a brand new creature. A brand new species of being that never existed before. Praise God. Now, the book of Philemon, it's a very short book. It looks like filet mignon. Philemon. Chapter 1, I think it's verse 6. He says, let the communication of thy faith, he says, uh, that the communication of thy, my, my faith might be effectual or effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let me just kind of break that down here. Your faith becomes effectual or effective when you acknowledge every good thing in you, which is, notice this, in Christ Jesus. Now that's how you locate. We, we spent some time on this last week, but how do you locate yourself in the Scripture? Jesus found himself in the Scripture when he read Isaiah. Remember that, the scroll? The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to do this, do that. Remember that? He was quoting Isaiah, but he said, he said, today this Scripture is fulfilled in your ears. In other words, what I'm saying to you, I am the man that Isaiah was talking about. John the Baptist said the same thing. I am the one of the voice of the one out of Micah, crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist found himself in the scripture. How do you find yourself? You know, this, do you, go, you can't go to the Bible and find your actual name in there, like, like Tom or Bob or Rosie or something. You know what I'm saying? You can't find your name in there. But I'll tell you where you can find yourself in there are the phrases in the New Testament. There's a, at least 130 scriptures that talk about, use the phrase, in Christ, in Him, in whom, by whom, by Christ, through Christ. These are all prepositions. It shows your relationship with Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
So say this, I am a brand new creature, a new species of being. Praise the Lord. Now, when you acknowledge that, how do you, you know, if, if I'm going to acknowledge you, if I say, uh, let's welcome Kelly here today, I just acknowledged her. Okay, she was already there, but when I mentioned her name, we just acknowledged her or anybody else. Okay, when you acknowledge the scripture, you say it out loud, you, make, you bring it up to your forefront, before your eyes, before your ears, and you say, I acknowledge that I am a new creature. Now, I do this all the time. Now, I don't just do it in my prayer closet, but I'll be walking along, driving along, especially driving. I just love driving and talking and praying. You know, even, even on my bed, the Bible talks about meditate upon your bed in the night watches. What, what does meditate mean? It means to use your mind and your thinking and your thoughts, your pondering, your imagination. And it even has to do with your speaking, your muttering. But, you know, here's the thing. Do you know your spirit has a voice even if you don't open up your mouth? I don't know how many millions of probably millions now of conversations I've had with the Lord. I didn't even open my mouth. But your vo- how many of you know your spirit has a voice? You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Did you ever talk to the Lord out of your out of your mind? But that's really your spirit talking. Okay, how many have ever heard tongues without even opening your mouth? What is that? That's your spirit. Your spirit has a voice. Okay? And you can commune with the Lord. You can fellowship with Him. And when you, when you bring before you these scriptures like, man, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am a new man in Christ. That is the most, one of the most powerful things that you can do is rehearse that over. Uh, it's, it's not just a, an event that happens, you know, on December 9th or whatever, something like that. You know, it's something you do all the time. Because it, it, it stirs up your, your mind. It stirs up your, your thoughts. It stirs up your spirit. I'm a new creature. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Just go there real quick here. In 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now, you know, all of us here... One thing about it, we all have a past, don't we? And there are certain things that we remember. There are certain things that I remember that I did before I was saved. Okay? I'm not proud of it, but all of us have a past, don't we? Because we came out of Adam, we couldn't help but sin. But the thing is, all that is is a faint memory in my mind, and the devil can't beat me up over it anymore because, you know what? That, is, that old man is gone. That sin is gone. That sin nature is gone. And so if the enemy tries to condemn me about, about my past, you know, and so forth, I said, that man doesn't exist anymore. Because I'm dead with Christ in God. <laughs> Amen. That old man died. Amen. One thing about it, you know, you can't intimidate a dead person. You can't walk into a funeral down the street, you know. There's a funeral home in sort of where I It's called Friar's Funeral Home. I thought, that's not a good name. <laughs> Who wants to go to that funeral home? Friars. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But you know, you can walk up to any corpse that's in that casket. You can go up and say, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm just making a point, you know. You know, and even talk about their mother, you know, how ugly they were. I mean, you can try to slap them, intimidate them. I'm just making a point here. That, poor, that person, that, just that corpse that's laying there is not going to respond. You can say, ugly. <laughs> and it's not going to respond. Why? It's just a shell. It's just a corpse. It's dead. Doesn't it? It's not there. Amen? And uh, your old life is dead. But the new man, the new you, the new man in Christ has risen up. Say, I'm a new man, a new man. in Christ Jesus. So when, you know, when something's pressing your flesh, you know, everything we have, there are, there are plenty of people out there to try to press your flesh, try to get a response out of you. And the devil does. They try to get a response out of you, you know. Someone cuts you off on the road, you're coming to church, you know. And they use that sign language, you know what I'm saying, with their hands. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that, that has a way of pressing your flesh, right? You just say to yourself, no, that old man's dead. That old man's dead and gone. But the new man has risen. And that new man is in Christ. Amen. So we all came out of Adam, but when you got born again, you came into Christ. You have a new nature, new nature. In fact, you don't have to look any further than the inside in order to get healed in your physical body. The scripture says the same spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you and the same spirit that raised him up shall quicken or make alive your mortal physical body. That's right now. The healer, Jesus, already lives inside you. <laughs> the provider lives inside of you. Now, again, we're not looking to ourselves. We're looking to the one that's on the inside of us. Now, I'm going to, you know your scripture well enough. I'll just refer to this right now. But in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children. Those that are born again. You're of God, little children. And you have overcome them. Now, the them that he's talking about here are demons and spirit, evil spirits. Because that's what he's talking about. Many evil spirits, false prophets, and so forth are in the world. But he goes on to say, you are of God, little children. Say, that's me. And you have overcome them. Who's them? <coughs> Devils and demons. Because, here's the reason why, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All right? Now, here's the thing. The Bible says, if any man boast, let him boast in what the Lord has done. Amen? Hallelujah. I wish I had a choir behind me right now to start singing that. Amen. <laughs> if any man boast, let him boast in what the Lord has done. So when you got born again, little I moved out and big Christ moved in. Sick you moved out and healthy Jesus moved in. Broke you moved out and wealthy Jesus moved on the inside of you. 
You're in Christ. Amen? Now see, even though that's an automatic thing, when you get born again, you have to mentally, that's, that's why you have to get your mind and your soul in agreement with, with what's already true in your spirit. That's why 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper, be in health. That's the will of God. Even as your soul prospers. The Lord's looking for just some agreement. One will put a thousand to flight, two will chase thousand, ten thousand to flight. So, when, you're, when your body and your mind are in agreement, it's already outnumbered your spirit. That's called carnality. And there are Christians, there are people that are born again, but they're carnal Christians. What's that mean? They're led by the flesh, they're led by the senses, they're not led by the Spirit of God. Now, if they die, they're going right to heaven for sure. But the thing is, as we mature and we grow, and that's all part of coming to church too and growing, amen, is we, we start thinking in line with what's already true in our spirit, then all of a sudden our body has to line up. Because you have to understand, folks, that spirit should be king. Amen? And your soul and your body should just follow suit. When our spirit's in control then we can tell everything else to line up. Hallelujah. And so the healer lives on the inside of you. It's not, it's not hard to get healed when you realize the healer is already on the inside of you. Amen? Now listen, you're going to have enough people out there. You're going to have enough voices out there. And even the medical field, they're going to talk. They're going to say, no, honey, you know what happens when you get this age? This starts going, that starts going. Don't buy that bill of goods. Don't listen to it. Now they can have all kind of degrees and education and everything else. But don't, don't let them talk you out of long life. He says, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? See, I don't, I don't want to be healthy so I can play golf better. Amen? I want to be healthy so I can serve. Now, there's nothing wrong with playing golf. I like playing golf. I like sports. Okay? But that's not my purpose of being healed. Praise God. My purpose in being healed is so I can serve God better, serve you better, and serve the body of Christ better, and reach more people for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. And give Him all the glory and all the praise. So when we realize that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Boy, I got forgiven when I got saved, but it's more than that. My, my body became the very temple of God. And that's why you can hear His voice on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel Him rising up right now. I do. Ooh, Jesus is excited. He's excited. He's big. He's excited. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, there's nobody more encouraging than the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Ghost, you know, as well as I do, He doesn't speak on His own initiative or His own authority. Whatever He hears, He speaks. The Holy Spirit is in submission to the Father and to Jesus. And when they speak to you and you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's God talking to you. But let me tell you something. The Spirit of God 
is always there on the inside of you all the time, wanting to encourage you, lift you up. Because, you know, all of us, probably from week to week, we get some kind of bad news. Don't we? Everything has a voice. You get bad news. You get something in the mail. It's bad news, you know, and you get this bad news, bad news. You hear stuff on TV, bad news. One of the greatest things we ever did is cut out the news media. <laughs> Glory to God. That's, that's one way to get your peace back. Now, so if something's very significant, you will find out about it. Amen. Someone criticized me one time. In fact, it was my dad. <laughs> he said, son, you need to be up more on current events. I said, well, I know who the president is. You know what I'm saying? I was teasing him, you know. This is way back when he first got saved, you know. Because uh, one thing about my dad, you know, boy, I'll tell you, he read that newspaper. That Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, man, was, oh. I mean, it was, it was like his Bible, man. It was there every morning. He'd read from cover to cover, you know. And then he would do the crossword puzzles. I never understood that. I mean, forgive me, but I just, just don't get that. Maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. You know? And I, I felt like saying, well, if you crack that book a little bit, you might know a little bit more, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, praise God, he did. And he, he began to groan the Lord. But, but our minds shouldn't just be open for everything that's out there. I mean, I've got this phone. It's a blessing, but it can also be a curse because, man, everything in the world you're going to hear, it's going to come through there. The whole news media. So you have to be careful about what you hear, you know, and just, just pray for the government. Pray for, I know Christians that are so caught up in the government thing, what's happening, what's going to happen, so forth and so on, you know. But I'll tell you one person that's really upset right now, and it's the devil. He is so upset. He is the most fearful person. We'll say, call him a person, personality. The devil is the most afraid and terrified person that exists because he knows his future is in the lake of fire. And the Bible says in Corinthians, had the devil known what he was doing, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He thought, oh, we got him now. We got the Son of God now. He was, he was being checkmate at his own game. And then Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen? In our last election, we had two candidates at the very end that ran for president. And the one that lost wrote a book called What Happened? <laughs> the devil's writing a book called What Happened? Are you with me now? Hillary Clinton wrote a book called What Happened? She lost. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen? It's not because of her. We don't want that agenda. We don't, we don't, that, that's not what we believe. Amen. I don't, I don't believe in abortion. I never will. I don't stand. That's not the platform I'm going to vote for. Amen. Glory to God. I'm not trying to be political. But the devil said, what in the world just happened? Because now, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to them that believed on him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God. And we're talking about impossibilities, doing the impossible. 
And when Jesus lives inside of you, you are now in a position to do things that have never been done before. Why? Because the greater one is now on the inside of you. Every time you face adversity, folks, all of us faced some type of what's family issues, financial issues, physical challenges in our bodies, what have you, you know, all kinds of different issues. We all face different things. Let's do it. Let's approach this a little bit differently. I, I started doing this many years ago, over 30 years ago, and I would look in the mirror, whether my car mirror, I'd look in that mirror and say, the greater one, I'd look at myself right in the eyes. I said, you look at here. <laughs> I said, the greater one lives on the inside of you. I would say it out loud. I would say it over and over and over and over again because, boy, I needed some overcoming. I had some stuff that, I, boy, I needed to overcome. I needed to see God move on my behalf. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But what I needed to realize is that it's just not Keith standing there facing these things. There's someone else that lives on the inside of me. He's already overcome every damnable thing you can think of. He's, over, he's overcome all darkness and evil. And he just happens to live, as a Christian, lives on the inside of you. And so now when I stand in front of that situation, I'm not looking at it, it's just me looking at it like, like come on now. <laughs> it's like, no, the greater one lives inside me. And he will put me over in my family today. Amen? Now if you have a, have a relative or a loved one that's a Christian, they made Jesus their Savior at some point in their lives, but Christ hasn't been formed in them yet. The Bible talks about that in Galatians 4.19. 4, Paul said, My little children, whom I travail and birth again until Christ be formed in you. Okay? People can be saved and so forth, and they're going to heaven, but Christ hasn't been formed in their personality yet, in their soul and so forth. You can start calling on the greater one that's on the inside of them to rise up. And you call out their name and say, Father, I'm praying for so-and-so right now. And I, I call on the greater one to rise up right now on the inside. Just like I'm saying, I call on the greater one to rise up on the inside of them right now. And you just watch and see, don't let go of that. You just keep doing that. Ah, the greater one, the greater one. Now getting back to my original thought here just a few minutes ago, is that... You know, the Holy Spirit is, would you all agree here, He is the most intelligent being that exists? He's all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many cells are in your body. He knows more about you than you know about you. I, there's nothing to me that's hidden from God. He knows everything about me. And if he knows everything about me, then he's able to help fix certain things that maybe need fixing. Praise the Lord. Now, my dad, you know, when I was growing up, he was a, he just had a gift and a knack, if you would say, I believe it was a gift. He could fix anything. If I, you know, something broke, a bicycle broke or something broke, you would take it to him. Now, it may not look real pretty after he's done with it, but he's, <laughs> I remember one time we had a, we still have that thing, don't we, on the wall? That calendar, that frame. And it fell and broke, you know, it holds a calendar, you know. We took it to my dad, you know, can you fix it? Oh, sure, I can fix it. There's a big bolt in the side of it, you know what I'm saying? 
But he could, he could pretty much fix, he could pretty much fix anything, you know. Especially, especially small engines. People from all over the neighborhood, from all, they found out he would, he had a real gift with that, a knack with fixing small engines like lawnmowers and stuff. And so sometimes you'd see ten mowers lined up, and they weren't ours; they were other people's. And he would fix them real cheap. So you know, a lot of people found out about that. He's with Jesus now, but. But he had a real, I couldn't fix those things, but he had a real knack fixing those and gifting in that area, you know. For, and uh, so I, I wouldn't hesitate to bring things to him. How many of you remember my dad, you know? And uh, I miss him dearly. I tell him all the time, say, hey, Jesus, tell him I miss him, I love him, and I can't wait to see him again. And he's excited, amen? Listen, when your loved ones go home to be with the Lord, they're not up there sitting on a cloud playing a harp. Are you kidding? It's an exciting place. They're fully aware of what's going on. Amen? Well, that's the great cloud of witnesses that, Romans, that Hebrews talks about that are set before us. They know exactly what's going on here on the earth. Amen? And they're, they're more interested now in spiritual things than they know are physical things. Amen? You're not going to tell them who won the baseball game or the football game. They don't care about that stuff anymore, right? That's just on the earth. Now, why did I say that? I don't know. But, but here's the point is... When the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, which He is, He's always endeavoring to speak to speak to you. I believe that even right now the Holy Spirit's talking to us. I know He is. Now, it may not be spectacular, you know. Like one uh, one fellow said, he goes, most people, most Christians wouldn't know the Holy Ghost if he came in with a big red hat on it said Holy Ghost. They wouldn't know who it was. Because the Spirit of God sometimes can be so gentle and so subtle and He's speaking to you and you don't even know that it's Him talking to you. Amen? Now here, just last week, I was concerned about a situation, just a little situation, but it's something that was concerning me. Okay? I didn't talk to anybody about it. It was just a situation. I was a little concerned about it. And the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart. He says, he knew what I was thinking. I didn't say it out loud, but he said, he said, Keith, that, that thing's already taken care of. Don't even worry about it. Don't even, don't even think about it. He said, don't even worry about it. He said, don't waste your energy for one second being concerned about that situation. Amen? It had to do with a person. Okay? And, uh, you know, I had to accept that by faith because I, I didn't see the Lord. I didn't physically hear it with these ears, but inside me, I heard these words, don't you worry about that. It's going to be taken care of, son. Do you know you can actually hear the tone of God's voice too? How many of you know the tone of what you say is important too? I can say the same word, but with a different tone. I can say, to everybody here, I can say, hello. Or I can say, hello. <laughs> I said the same thing. But the tone behind it is really important. And the Holy Ghost is so positive and energetic. He's the life of a party, use the expression. And, and he's always endeavoring to do his best to talk us out of defeat into joy. 
See, if I, if, if I really believe in the heart, my heart of hearts that God's already taken care of me, then why do I have a long face? Why am I sad? And why can't I smile? But if I know what God knows, there's no reason why I can't be happy and joyful. Glory to God. And just be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Hallelujah. Who said that phrase? Was that the guy on the Duck Dynasty? Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Phil? Happy, happy, happy. Was that him that said that? Yeah, I think it was. You know, Actually, the Holy Ghost said that first. Because when you, when you trust him, and I remember laying on that hospital bed that first time I was in the hospital, and the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart, laying on that hospital bed with a chief surgeon that came in and said that, gave me the report that he gave me, I have to have brain surgery. Five, six years ago now. Yet, when I was laying on that bed in the hospital over in Oakland, the Spirit of God says, Ah, you have nothing to worry about. I've got you covered. That's how he said it to me. He said, Keith, you have nothing to worry about. I've got you covered. So what did I do? I laid back on that bed and I said, Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you know what? He was right. He was 100% right. But I could have thrown that out and said, no, not everything's right. Here's what the doc is saying. Here's what the people are saying. See, that's where we get into trouble. We start listening to everybody else instead of listening to God. Amen? Now, why... Do you think God wants you upset for five minutes during any course of the week? All upset, wringing your hands, worried about things? No, no, no. He wants you to have faith and trust Him because He has a voice. Amen? If any man have ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the people of God. Amen? Let's just say you're facing something with your business or something going on in your business or your home or something like that, you know? And, and you got all these things coming at your mind, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Fear starts attacking you. Fear starts, you know what I'm saying? We all know what that's like, don't we? In the midst of that ugliness. Oh, hallelujah. Back in the book of Genesis, the Bible says, darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. Hallelujah. In other words, God loves to jump into your darkness and your mess and to help fix what's going on. That doesn't scare the Lord away. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, but the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. Amen. And then things began to happen. Praise God. Let's just, let's just open up our minds, our hearts. Let's open up our hearts today. Because the heavens are on the inside of us and they're endeavoring to communicate with us and talk to us about that husband or that wife or that child or that business situation or whatever's going on in your body. He's endeavoring to communicate positive things to you. Listen, the Holy Ghost can't say anything negative to you because there's no negative in Him. And when they brought that child to Jesus, they said, she's dead. He said, no, she sleepeth. <laughs> Now, she was graveyard dead, as they say. 
But Jesus is seeing the future. He's seeing what's up ahead. He's calling those things which be not as though they were. He said, nope, she's just sleeping. Amen. He's not just downplaying. He's saying this is the truth. This is the truth. And so you can, you and I, we can pass up. What time is it here? We can pass up some marvelous opportunities to worry and to be afraid and to be fearful. I don't know what you came in here with today. I don't know what it is you're dealing with, but the Holy Ghost knows exactly what you're dealing with. And if you'll just, I believe you are, that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and allow Him to talk to you because He doesn't want you upset for five seconds. He doesn't want you worried about anything. He doesn't, listen, He does not want you worrying about that son or that daughter. He does not want you worrying about that financial situation. He does not want you worrying about your future. He doesn't want you in fear about your physical body. Shanda bakura masita malaka baronda kasita. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Yea, if you'll listen to me, saith the Lord, I'll put a joy inside your heart and laughter will come out your mouth. For you see, I already know the end result. And when you walk with me and you commune with me and you fellowship with me, you'll know the end result even though you're in the midst of a seemingly tough situation. I'll give you a vision of the future. I'll give you a vision of that son or that daughter. I'll give you a vision of a healthy body. I'll give you the vision of a bright future. And as you listen to me and hearken unto me, there'll be a joy in you that the world didn't give and the world will not take it away, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your Lord. You see, you have to understand me. I, 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 came out, I came out of a family of world champion warriors. My mother, if there was an Olympics, she would have got the gold medal. Now, she's not like that now. But see, fear is a, top, fear is a learned behavior. And she learned it from her mother and from her grandmother. And there were certain fears that were passed on. And you know what I'm saying? Amen? I mean, I was, I was scared spitless to swim in the deep end of the water because my mother was totally afraid of water. And to this day, she's never put her head under water, not one time. Amen? Well, her mother was like that. I'm just saying. I'm not criticizing. It's just... And I remember that she wanted me to take swimming lessons. I was, I do. I said, and so I, I kind of faked it until they saw it. But I remember, I remember it was, in, it was in Carrick High School swimming pool. They used to have a swimming pool. And we used to live over in that area. And I remember getting in there. I pretended like I was swimming, but I was walking. It's <laughs> probably seven or eight years old. I pretended like I was doing all this, you know, but, but I was walking. Someone saw that made fun of it. I don't blame you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was deathly afraid of water for whatever reason. Okay? Well, I've overcome that fear. A, a couple, couple years later, I figured that out. And I've, last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen? Now I like swimming so much, I've got to go from pool to pool and... 
You ever see that movie, The Swimmer? You don't want to. It's crazy. It's the weirdest movie I've ever seen in my life, you know? Lynn will tell you about that movie anyway. But, you know, fear, fear is alert behavior, you know, but we have to face, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So, congregation of the saints of Almighty God today, no matter what you and I are facing, you are not in it alone. You are not just up, out there hoofing it by yourself in your own might, in your own strength. It's not by your might, not by your power, but it's by His Spirit. And we have to stir. We have to, I have to stir myself up and say, whoa, 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 wait a second here. This isn't just Keith standing here facing this. Jesus is on the inside of me. Now, lately, this has been becoming so much more real to me. And I'm so thankful for it. I am so thankful. I am a happy camper. Glory to God. Because no matter what I face, no matter what I go through in life, I am not facing this alone. Praise God. When I face adversity, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not going to get down on this anymore. I spent enough time in my life being depressed and sad about things. Oh, my God. I've spent, I don't even want to count up the amount of hours in my life. I've spent down and depressed and upset about things. But I'm not doing that anymore. Amen? Amen. I'm a happy man. And happy people are the best people that trust God. And the greater ones on the inside of you. So listen to His voice. Listen to His Spirit communicating with you. He's really positive. The Lord's very positive. Isn't He? Now remember, you were in Adam. That was the master copy. And we were all patterned after Him. But then we came out to a new master called In Christ. And when we came in Christ, whatever on the master will get on the copies. Okay? I am no longer in Christ. Or in Adam. The old man is broken, right? <laughs> a slip of the tongue there. But now, I am in Christ. You are in Christ. Whatever is in Christ is in us. Whatever is on the master is going to get put on the slave or the copies. Okay? Say this after me. I am in Christ. Well, the old man is dead and gone. Sickness is gone. Disease is gone. Lack is gone. Oppression is gone. Depression is gone. It all went out with the old man. He's dead and gone. Now I am born again. Jesus lives in me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anytime I've, I've noticed this, and it, this is something that you practice, of course. You know, you don't just arrive, you know. But it's something you continually, I haven't arrived, but I practice a lot. I practice a lot. You know the old saying, practice makes perfect. When you, when you practice doing something, you become proficient at it. Amen? You know, there's no question. You could be in this room today. You know, you've never played a musical instrument in your entire life. Okay? Any one of you here, I'm just saying. You could pick up any given instrument on any given day and you could start 
fresh. And you could start, and by practice, you could literally become, no matter what age you are, you could become proficient at what you do. You could. So think about it. You can become a professional in anything you want to do, anything in life. Proficient at it. And then when we begin to acknowledge today, praise God, I sense God's presence so strong in here since the, since the very outset of worship here today. I could barely get those songs out here today. Because His presence is here. Amen? Amen? So let's just keep in mind here, going into this holiday season, you know, that, you know, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. He's not just with us. He's on the inside of us. He's on the inside of you. And, t- and I, I just prophesy that this week, when you go home and you face those same situations that normally would make you upset, now you're going to look at it a little bit differently. You're going to look at it and say, ah, oh, no, you don't. I'm not just facing this alone right now. I'm not just out here on my own power, my own authority here. Jesus lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the greater one is going to put me over today. Praise God. There's been some times I've faced, and I'll close here, some situations I was like, oh, <laughs> how are we going to come out of this one? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, start wringing your hands. It's like, oh, Lord. Woo, baby, this looks big. He said, ah, that's nothing. It's nothing for him. And so as I began to decree and declare, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The greater one, the mighty one, the powerful one lives on the inside of me. The greater one, the greater one, the greater one, the greater one. Who's the lesser one then? Satan. He's the lesser one. The greater one lives on the inside of you. Now the lesser one used to live inside of us. We didn't know it before we were born again. That's a dark place, right? Before we know Jesus, the lesser one lived inside of us. We didn't know it. We were governed by the course, by the prince of the power of the air, the Bible says. We didn't even know it. We were like a puppet on a string walking around for the devil. But now we're out of that. We've been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, today we just release the greater one in us as we leave here this morning. The greater one, the mighty one, the powerful one lives big, dwells in us in the name of Jesus. Say this, greater is he that is in me than the devil and all the demons in this earth. They are under my feet. Jesus lives in me. He will help me to overcome any adversity. Amen. Praise you, Lord Jesus.